Hi, this is Dr. Tony Cooper, and this is Life Without Baggage, Insights into Personal Wholeness for Spirit, Soul, and Body. I'm a psychologist in private practice. I treat adults. However, this is not a substitute for medication or counseling. If you're having thoughts of harming yourself or another person, or if this material triggers you, please contact your doctor or a mental health specialist to help you with your concerns. This series I'm calling The Kingdom of God. The last podcast was How Deep Is Your Well? And we looked at ways to deepen our well and to hear God speak to us through his word, the Logos word, and through his spirit communing with our spirit for personal illumination into the ways of God. Those are called, I believe, the Rima word. So since I started studying the kingdom of God, I realized I don't know a whole lot about it. So I've been doing some additional research and I listened and watched a couple of videos and took notes. And I'm gonna share some of the highlights and uh, incorporate some of my thoughts from my study and some thoughts from the experts. So I did watch a video from the ministry called Tomorrow's World, which talked about what a kingdom is and the kingdom of God. And then I found quite a few videos from Dr. Miles Monroe. I don't know if you've heard of him. He's deceased now, but he was a powerful Bible teacher. So today we're gonna look at Dr. Monroe's definition of kingdom And then I'm going to elaborate on it and talk about kingdom attitudes. Today's focus is on kingdom attitudes. So here's the definition, not exactly word for word, that I'm borrowing from Dr. Miles Monroe about kingdom. Dr. Monroe was born into the Bahamas, which I guess is a kingdom. So he has really interesting insights as to how kingdom differs from a democracy or a republic. A kingdom according to Dr. Miles Monroe, is a territory ruled by a king. And the king influences and impacts the domain of his kingdom personally with his purpose and his intentions, his values, his morality, his laws and principles, producing citizens who reflect the nature of the king. So the citizens reflect the nature of the king in their lifestyle, their attitudes, which we're talking about today, their disposition, and their reactions. And God's nature is expressed in his kingdom. His glory, his love, his wisdom is reflected in us as we yield to him, as we obey him and commune with him and become intimate with him. We become fully alive in him, body, soul, and spirit. And I'm getting that from Colossians 2. So what Dr. Monroe says is you do have to be born into a kingdom. And the kingdom of God, Jesus said in John 3, 3, I'm reading from the Amplified, I assure you most solemnly, unless a person is born again, anew from above, he cannot ever see, know, or experience the kingdom of God. So Jesus says we are born into his kingdom through allowing him to become our savior. We've talked about that in previous podcasts. We have to be born into it compared to a democracy where you can um, apply to become a citizen. 
When we are born into God's kingdom, he gives us a new heart, a new spirit. I'm reading from Ezekiel 36. A new heart will I give you and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you shall heed my ordinances and do them. So we see that when we're born into God's kingdom, the kingdom of God, he changes our heart. He gives us his Holy Spirit, which gives us the desire to know him and obey him and to live a different kind of life, to be a new person. When we receive that new life in Christ, he gives us ears to hear. He gives us eyes to see. And he gives us a spirit that's alive to him. And then we're allowed to begin to enter in the mysteries and the secrets of kingdom living. And again, we have to have spiritual eyes to see and spiritual ears that are open. So I'm going to read a couple of verses from Matthew 13 about this. Verse 9, He who has ears to hear, let him be listening, and let him consider and perceive and comprehend by hearing. That's Jesus. Verse 11, To you it has been given to know the secrets and mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. Verse 15, For this nation's heart is grown gross, fat, and dull, and their ears heavy and difficult of hearing, and their eyes they have tightly closed, lest they see and perceive with their eyes, and hear and comprehend the sense with their ears, and grasp and understand with their heart, and turn, and I should heal them. But happy to be envied are your eyes because they do see, and your ears because they do hear. So when we become born again, we enter the kingdom of God. We have the Holy Spirit who enables us to hear spiritual things, to see and understand spiritual things, and to begin to enter into understanding of the mysteries of the kingdom. In the kingdom, we operate by the Spirit. We operate through our connection to the Holy Spirit. We're not strictly living through logic or emotions or the law, which is religion. We're following the principles and the ethics of the kingdom of God and his righteousness, not our soulish preferences or lusts or our natural inclinations. We're allowing God to set our priorities. Let me read you some verses about that. So you've probably heard this verse from Matthew 6:33, but seek, aim at, and strive after first of all his kingdom and his righteousness, his way of doing and being right. And then all these things taken together will be given to you besides. So don't worry or be anxious about tomorrow. For tomorrow will have worries and anxieties of its own. Sufficient for each day is its own trouble. So that's Jesus talking about how we want to make his kingdom, his righteousness, our relationship with him, getting to know him and serve him, our priority. And then other things, he'll make sure they fall into place. Here's another passage from Colossians 3. I'm reading from verses 1 through 4 in the Amplified. If then you have been raised with Christ to a new life, sharing his resurrection from the dead, in other words, born again, aim at and seek the rich eternal treasures that are above, 
where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. And set your minds and keep them set on what is above, the higher things, not on the things that are on the earth. For as far as this world is concerned, you have died, and your new real life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in the splendor of his glory. So that's an awesome passage. So we we still live on the earth, but we live from our kingdom identity, which I had a previous podcast on that. We live out of our relationship with Christ, out of our connection in the spirit, not out of our social preferences or our lusts or religious rules. We're living out of our spirit and out of our new life in Christ. We're not defined by our by our past or our experiences or trends in the world. We're a new creation. So I said all that to get to the place where we can talk about kingdom attitudes. So I made some notes about differences between the kingdom attitude and the attitude that our culture encourages the spirit of the world, the Bible would call it. So kingdom attitude that reflects the nature of the king is humility as opposed to the spirit of the world, which encourages pride or entitlement or self-determination, fierce independence, which in a lot of ways constitutes rebellion. So here's a couple of verses on humility, which uh, the Lord's been speaking to me and challenging me about lately. Matthew 5, 5, blessed, happy, joyous, spiritually prosperous, with life, joy, and satisfaction in God's favor and salvation, regardless of our outward condition, are the meek, the mild, the patient, for they shall inherit the earth. So this is basically talking about humility, that we put God first and we walk in his ways. Another interesting verse on this idea of humility is Malachi 4.2. But unto you who revere and worshipfully fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness, Jesus, arise with healing in his wings and his beams, and you shall go forth and gamble like calves released from the stall and leap for joy. So we've talked about in previous podcasts that the fear of the Lord leads us to wisdom and obedience. And it's not a terrified fear of the Lord. It's that respectful Um, respectful awe of our king who rules everything around us and that we belong to as his subjects whether we admit it or not Isaiah 66 2 I'm also going to read to you for all these things my hand has made and all these things have come into being by and for me says the Lord but this is the man to whom I will look and have regard he or she who is humble and of a broken or wounded spirit and who trembles at my word and reveres my commands. So God rewards those who respectfully fear him and worship him. Again, not out of fear of what he would do to us, but out of respect that he made us, he created us, he saved us, he cleanses us. And certainly it's only right that we would live for him in gratitude 
rather than live in the kingdom of the world or the kingdom of darkness. You know Bob Dylan's song, you got to serve somebody. And if we're just serving ourselves, we're not in the kingdom of God. We're not operating out of the kingdom of God. Another point of kingdom attitude is when we're operating out of our identity in Christ from a kingdom attitude, we're going to live out of a place of authority and confidence rather than out of a victim mentality. So I want to spend a little time talking about a victim mentality. There's some of this in my podcast on learned helplessness. So I don't want to explain it a whole lot, but I'm just going to describe what what the spirit of the world can create a victim mentality in us. But operating out of our identity in Christ, we're overcomers. We're royal. We're kings and priests. We're princesses and we're given authority in Jesus Christ, not because of us, but because we belong to him. And he shares his authority. He delights to share his authority and work out his kingdom principles and expanding his kingdom through us. That's our privilege and our assignment. So a victim mentality is passive rather than being proactive. We give up rather than persisting and expecting breakthrough. A victim mentality hopes and wishes, whereas a kingdom mentality decides and proceeds. A victim mentality goes from crisis to crisis. They rehearse the past. They feel empty and broken. They define themselves as weak or damaged. They're bound by vows they've made or judgments they've made against themselves or other people. They are controlled by other people or by fear. And they tend to withdraw or give up or just settle rather than be proactive. A kingdom mentality is we have positive expectations that in Christ all things are possible. We have flexible thinking. We forgive. We discern. We persist in faith because we know if God leads us somewhere in the path of life, he will remove the stumbling blocks. We looked at that in the podcast on praying the impossible. He encourages us to be whole, to operate in confidence, to keep growing, to be flexible, to have respect for ourselves and other people. We're not locked in repeating mistakes of the past. We're not going to be perfect, but we accept our assignment with joy and it defines us in a positive way. It stretches us. It expands us to be the best that we can be, to be filled with the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and self-control. We're not afraid to tackle new things if God has led us in that direction. And we're able to pray and declare God's word instead of hope that something is his will. So if things about the victim mentality, if that resonates too closely for you, I have a book and a video called Life Without Baggage. I have a video called How to Use the Keys to the Kingdom and Are You Trapped in a Vow and Who's in Charge? So any of those would be helpful if you need a little bit of work there. Some other kingdom attitudes that I just noted, we operate out of faith and not by fear. 
And our faith is based on our connection to Jesus Christ and the knowing the word of God. We're not just deciding what we want to do and plowing ahead. We're allowing his spirit to lead us. And because his spirit is leading us, we have faith. Again, we're operating out of the spirit, not out of religion and law, not out of rules, not out of logic or even emotion or our own soulish desires or lusts. We are allowing God to set our priorities, to give us his thoughts and ideas and creative strategies so that we live out of that connection with Jesus Christ and not out of our old damaged, broken, selfish tendencies, because we all have them. And again, the kingdom is characterized by the fruit of the Spirit and God's love. Love for God, love, a healthy love for ourselves, and a healthy love for other people, where we're not their slaves and we're not trying to dominate them or manipulate or control them but that we can look out for ourselves and have healthy boundaries and we can consider the needs of other people and it's in balance. We're not controlled by our own brokenness and we're not controlled by the demands of other people. It's an amazing way to live. The longer that I walk with the Lord, I'm able to walk more and more out of kingdom and less and less out of the broken places in my soul, but I'm not there yet, and until we get to heaven, we're all going to need each other to help us keep moving forward, to help us with our blind spots, and to encourage us to trust God and to connect with people who celebrate us in a positive way. So as I mentioned before in the kingdom, we're children of God. It doesn't matter whether or not your parents welcomed you or if they called you by an ugly name or if you've been rejected or ignored or neglected or abandoned, when you're living out of your kingdom identity, this is who God says we are. This is 1 John chapter 3, not the gospel of John, 1 John. See what an incredible quality of love the Father has given us, that we should be permitted to be named and called and counted the children of God. And so we are. The reason that the world doesn't recognize us is that it doesn't recognize him. Beloved, we are even here and now God's children. It's not made clear what we shall be hereafter, but we know that when Christ comes and is manifested, we shall as God's children resemble and be like him, and we shall see him just as he really is. And everyone who has this hope resting on him purifies himself just as he is pure, undefiled, guiltless. So we see that when we have been born into the kingdom of God, we are showered, we are lavished with the love of God. We have a new identity. In Revelation, it says we're going to get a new name. Maybe you don't like the name you have, you're going to get a new one. And we're becoming more and more like Christ here, but we will be in glorified bodies with Jesus Christ when he comes again or when we meet him in heaven. And while we are here, we are ambassadors of Jesus Christ. We represent him. Our king has keeps us here on earth as an ambassador for his purposes to explain who he is to other people, to explain his 
thoughts, his principles, his love, his kingdom to other people. So no matter how old you are or young you are, no matter what you've been through, you have a purpose. And in different seasons, your purpose might change. So keep leaning into the Lord and ask him, what is your purpose? How can you develop your attitudes to reflect more and more of your king who loves you? And you know, I'm going to tell you, spend some time in the Bible to understand his thoughts towards you and his purposes for you. So I'm going to mention some resources and then I'm going to pray. So I mentioned on my YouTube channel, you can find a video called Strengthening Your Spirit. You can find a video called Life Without Baggage, Harnessing the Power of the Spirit, How to Use the Keys to the Kingdom, Who's in Charge. You know that I have books on Amazon. So I mentioned my book, Life Without Baggage. There's also a book called Correcting Distortions in Your View of God which might be helpful if you've had a difficult upbringing. I'm giving away a free digital book called Suffering Insights into Faith. If you'd like a digital book, go to my website, fill out the contact form, and I'll send you a copy of that book to your email. So I'm going to borrow from Dr. Miles Monroe and from Ezekiel 36 to pray today for all of us. So we thank you, Lord, that you personally empower us with your purpose and intentions, with your values, with your laws and principles, with your spirit, that you give us a new heart, that you cleanse us, that you give us a new spirit, that you soften us in the places that need softened, and you toughen us in the places that need toughened. That as we are humble, you heal us, you empower us, you give us hope and direction and purpose. So I ask you, Lord, to bless this person as they seek your kingdom, as they walk with you, as they learn your ways. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. This is Dr. Tony Cooper, and this was Life Without Baggage. If this helped you, think about sharing it with a friend. Thanks for listening.